0: So as I was mentioning, mentioning previously when I tried to stream live before, we are going to take a look uh, starting in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So if, you, like I said, if you are in a position where you can do so and you'd like to follow along with us, you can um, open your Bibles up there, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I'm just going to go ahead and jump on into it. Still, um, not many people have come back from when I had to shut down before, but I'm going to go ahead and jump on into our verses for tonight. Um, Isaac's asking me, did I reboot Facebook Live? I don't see it active. Good question. Um, And at this point, oh, that's a good point. Now, I see that Pam is actually on YouTube. Well, Becky's on Facebook. So... I'm assuming I am streaming to Facebook. Uh, Isaac's asking me if I've rebooted Facebook Live. He didn't see me active out there, but I see Becky has just joined us from Facebook, so I guess that means I'm streaming to Facebook. Uh, the way I had to go about rebooting everything, uh, that's a long story, but I just didn't get to set everything up. What's that? Yeah, ask if it's freezing up still, because I'm, I'm getting Is, uh Am I freezing up still before I go ahead and get started? It might be that we're having an internet problem in our area here, and I really don't want to spend the time trying to go through this if it's just going to keep freezing up. So um, if someone can let me know out there if it is freezing up, because my wife is actually, Becky says, not now. All right. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and jump on into it. Second Corinthians, I'm seeing it on Facebook also, Pam tells me. Thank you, Pam. Uh, second Corinthians chapter 10, I'm going to go ahead and start reading and I'll come back to the comments in a little while. Uh, but if anybody has any questions in regards to what we're talking about tonight, please go ahead and post them or any way that we can encourage you in the word of God or anything that we can pray for you about, we'd love to do it. Um, and also let me just go ahead and mention now that we're, we're back up and going here. Um, I see Kevin's back with us, um, that you can contact me directly via email if you want to email any questions to me dave at aloveoutreach.com and i'll help you out in in any way that i can you can also go on to our website and um www.aloveoutreach.com where you can fill out the contact form there and i will get that email as well Mm -hmm. so Without any further ado, as they say, and thanks for all the comments from everybody. Let me know. It's good. Second Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Paul says, now I, Paul, myself am pleading with you by the meekness and the gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with the confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if, as if we walked according to the flesh. Now, I'm going to pause there because something to keep in mind here when you read the Bible, when you read these, these epistles, these letters, especially in the Old Testament, that you're, it's actually like you're reading someone else's mail. And you've got to keep that in mind when you are reading it because Paul is often responding to something that he has either heard or received in a prior letter. So we're kind of seeing just maybe half of the communication here. okay? And what we, But what we can ascertain to the best of our ability here from verses one and two is that Paul is commenting on something that was said about him and maybe the other apostles or those that traveled with him, right? So let me read these two verses to you again here and just slow down just a little bit on them. It says, now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and the gentleness of Christ. Now, right there, we can really catch Paul's tone of voice. And it's important when you read the Bible that you try to do that as well, right? He's saying, come on, uh, look, uh, as gently as I can, I'm imploring you. So he's kind of begging with them about something, pleading with them, right? Um, And and that's what's neat here is that we can see that the early church viewed Jesus as being meek and gentle, which we know that of him as well, right? It says there in verse one, he's saying, by by the meekness and gentleness of, Of Christ. So again, I'm just kind of pointing out to you that you can kind of get the tone of voice that Paul is talking in here, right? That he's speaking with, right? He was, Jesus was soft spoken in the way that he talked to people, the way that he loved people, the way that he taught people, right? But we know that when it came to confronting, confronting evil and wrongdoing, that he was very, Jesus could be very stern as well. Like for example, when we know when he came into the temple and he saw that they were, using the temple as a place to to sell and make money and all of that kind of stuff, we saw a different side to Jesus there. And you can read about that in Matthew chapter 21. But here Paul is pleading with the Corinthians, right? The believers in the city of Corinth, about something. And speaking of himself, he goes on in verse one to say, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and bold toward you. Now, let me just show you another verse here, just in the same chapter. Go ahead and look down at verse 10. Verse 10, it says, "Paul saying, for his letters, they say, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech is contemptible. So, Paul wasn't a big, strong guy, nor was he a great speaker. He wasn't eloquent in his speech. And this is what the people were complaining about him, right? Those that judged him, the way they looked upon him, they're saying this kind of stuff about him. So, that's what Paul's kind of talking about here, but he's he's talking gentle and kind to them and saying, I implore you, right? So, He says, verse two, but I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. So Paul is saying here, hey, I'm going to have to straighten out some things when I get there. Okay. And people that are watching from other places are texting me and telling me that I was broke up, but I think I'm good now. I think that that's, they just gave up on the other, uh, the other feed that I was doing. So Paul, anyway, getting back here, sorry for all the distractions. I just had somebody come yelling in my window here just a minute ago to one of the neighbors. And, but anyway, um, so Paul's saying, Hey, I got to deal with some things when I get there, but I hope that with the rest of you, I can have an edifying conversation, Paul's saying. And then he goes on to start to teach them along with you and me. He's teaching all of us here, starting in verse three. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So in other words, there is a different way that we as believers in Jesus should be living. We shouldn't fight our battles or confront issues in the same way that non-believers do, right? It's not about carnal. It shouldn't be with us, right? It shouldn't be about carnal, fleshly, outward things, and we shouldn't, for sure, we shouldn't be about getting even with people, uh, paying someone back, or or getting our pound of flesh, as they say, right? Or so concerned with you know getting something off of our chest as we like to say sometimes, right? But Paul says here in verse three, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So another similar verse of scripture that I will show you here is found in Ephesians. And if you want, go ahead and mark this page in your Bible at, um, in 2 Corinthians here and go to Ephesians um, chapter six. So you have 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and then move to the right, go toward the back of your Bible. You'll have Galatians, Ephesians from there. If you wanna kind of remember something that I heard years ago, right? So you have 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, then you have Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Go eat popcorn, right? Galatians, Ephesians, Ephesians. Philippians, Colossians, go eat popcorn. Just a way to remember, memorize the order of those books after 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Anyway, but Ephesians chapter six, a similar verse that like I was reading back there in verse three, and I'll read you verse three back in 2nd Corinthians 10 again. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Here in Ephesians chapter six and down in verse 11, the apostle Paul says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So similar verse, Paul saying, hey, we got there's a different way that we fight our battle here. Right now there it says the wiles of the devil in verse 11. That word wiles there in the original Greek is um, the word methodiah. Methodia, where we get our English word method from, right? And it speaks of a cunningness or a trickery, a certain method of the way that the enemy does things in our lives. And he may find certain patterns, certain ways that he can get to you, certain ways that he can get you angry and things like that. And he is the enemy of our soul. Jesus said that the enemy, speaking of the devil, that he comes to steal, to kill, to steal, and to destroy, so he wants to take from you, right? To make you miserable, make make you and me miserable and angry and bitter and such and things like that and cause us to kind of, as we would say, get in the flesh to fight our battles, to become carnally minded, uh, minded I mean, to try to get our pound of flesh to, you know, get back, get even at people, right? But Paul's telling us here on two different occasions to the Corinthians and to the Ephesians that we don't fight our battles that way okay Uh, Isaac says here you say go eat popcorn I learn God eats potato chips okay (laughs) well I guess we could keep thinking that right to justify ourselves eating potato chips (laughs) I love potato chips that's funny though Isaac thanks for sharing that I think popcorn might be better no I don't know better for you maybe I don't know what's that and My wife likes chips better. So do I. But verse 11 tells us though there with the wiles of the devil thing that we got to put on the armor of, of God, That we that we have to show up prepared every day to live in the manner that God wants us to live in, okay? And we're going to get into that a little bit more here as we go on. But in order to do this, right, we need to be spiritually minded. Right? And here's the verse that I really wanted to show you in Ephesians chapter six, verse 12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, right? It says there, so um, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So often, right, the easiest, most natural thing to do is is to look at the outward, right? Someone says something to spur us on, to get us angry, and we just want to go right back at them, right? But the scripture here is telling us that's not how we do it. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, okay? But against principalities, against powers. So this is not talking about government officials and magistrates and such. We're talking about, Another realm that, that is the spiritual realm where our struggles are, right? Against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So you see, the real battle is not that we can see with our eyes, the real battle is in the unseen realm, That's where we have to focus our attention. Pam says that she learned it that way too. So I'm guessing, Pam, you learned about the potato chips and not the popcorn, right? (laughs) But I'll expound on this whole unseen realm a little bit more here in a few minutes. But we see here where Paul tells the Ephesians that our problems are not what we see. It's really not the circumstances. It's really not the person that's in front of you that's maybe you're bickering with or whatever, whatever. It's something deeper than that, right? And we can learn to be gentle and meek, like Jesus. You know Paul's dealing with an issue here. As the Apostle, Paul is dealing with these Corinthians, and he's saying, "Hey, I'm coming to you in meekness and gentleness, like our Lord would speak." Right. So as we undertake struggles and things like this, right, we have to realize there's some there's a deeper issue, and it may be a deeper issue just within us, something that we've got rooted, you know, bitterness in us, unforgiveness, you know, somebody's done something for to us before, so we don't quite trust them. Whatever the case may be, and sometimes that's merited you know, but we have to make sure that we are operating ourselves in the gentleness and in the meekness of our Lord. So go ahead and flip back to second Corinthians chapter 10. So Paul, after he said in verse three there, that though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh or according to the flesh. He said, he goes on in verse four to then say that the weapons of of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So now bear with me on this, right? Because we're going to see just where these strongholds that are mentioned here, where do they actually exist? The strongholds that Paul's talking about here. Well, Paul goes on to say in verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every every thought it says bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ so there it is right there that's where the stronghold exists it's in our thoughts it's in our mind. It's what's going on inside of us within our soul, right? It's very natural for us to become people, and we may grow up our whole lives this way, right? Where I'll, where we say, or we have an attitude within us just ingrained within us where we say, I'll believe it when I see it, right? And we tend to be quick to deal with things in a carnalistic manner, right? A fleshly manner. But we need to take the time to deal with things in a patient manner. As we see, again, Paul doing himself here in this chapter. He's taken the time to attempt to communicate with these folks in the meekness and in the gentleness of Christ. Even though these other people, who he does have to deal with when he gets there, are talking to him and are talking about him, right? But this is something that you and I, if we claim to be followers of Jesus, in other words, if we say we're Christians, right, we're like Jesus, well, then we need to focus our attention on our own behavior and how we're dealing with things and maybe things that are strongholds within us. That we always react the same way to time and time again when a certain button is pushed, as they say, right? In First Corinthians chapter two, the apostle Paul encourages his readers, and you can go back and read that sometimes, First Corinthians, not Second Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter two. Paul encourages the readers to be spiritually discerned. Right? And, and he also goes on to say, we have the mind of Christ. So because we are followers of Christ, committing our ways, submitting our lives to the Lord, we begin to change. We, and, and I'll talk more about that later, but something happens where we, we can begin to think differently and we can know from the Holy Spirit working within us and, fr- and from what we can just read here in the Bible, how we should and how we should not behave And again, here in verse 5, it says that we need to cast down arguments, and we need to battle against anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And it goes on to say, like I read to you already, that we bring into captivity every thought to the, the obedience of Christ, and also that we be ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So do you see that there is an active role that you and I must play when it comes to the battle of our minds? When it comes to the battle that goes on within us, there's an active role that we must play where those unseen unseen things are that go on inside of our head, right? The thoughts that cause us to, to make bad decisions, to, to say hurtful things, to speak vulgar things, right? Jesus said that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? In other words, what's going on inside of you often comes out your mouth. And people can see that, right? Now, let me show you some more scriptures here where the Bible says we need to take an active role and what goes on in our thoughts and in the way we behave, right? Turn back to the left to the book of Romans now. Find Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. So again, New Testament starts Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, then Romans, and then 1 Corinthians. So right before 1 Corinthians, you'll find Romans. And I want you to take a look at Romans chapter 12 with me. Verse one, the apostle Paul wrote this as well. And he says, I beseech you. Now you see how Paul's doing this again, right? Pleading with the believers, kind of begging with them. Hey, come on, come on guys, right? So this is what the Bible does. Let me just expound on that a little bit. This is what the Bible does in our lives. And that's why you gotta, I really encourage you to make a habit of reading the Bible. And especially if you're new to the Bible, get in the New Testament. And stay in that New Testament for a while and just learn about the ways of the Lord. Because the Bible is constantly pleading with us, constantly urging us to live a certain way. And this is what the Apostle Paul was doing when he wrote these uh, here to Rome and to Corinthians and to the Galatians and to the Ephesians. Right? I beseech you, therefore, brethren... By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So what's he saying here? Give your whole life to God. Jesus gave his life for us, and we are able able to completely surrender our lives to him every aspect of our lives. And most definitely that we completely focus our thoughts on the things that he wants us to focus on, the way he wants us to think so that we don't have these strongholds within us, these battles, you know, or again, maybe these things that you might've grown up with that got ingrained in you, a certain way of thinking. And, And a lot of times people can get real stubborn and say, well, that's the way I've always been and that's the way I'm going to be. Well, that's called non-repentance, right? Not willing to repent, not willing to say, hey, I'm weak in this area, I'm failing in this area, and look to the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that you would have me do? And this is what the Apostle Paul's telling them here, right? Present yourself a living sacrifice. Everything about you, your body, mind, everything about you, present it to God as a living sacrifice and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. You show me how you want me to live, and I will yield to that. And he says in verse two, do not be conformed to this world. Now that's easy to become conformed to this world, right? Especially if you're constantly filling your mind with the things of this world, right? You're, you're watching the bad news over and over and over again, or you're putting, you know, just your whatever you're allowing in your eyes, whatever you're allowing in your ears, whatever you've allowed to be ingrained within you, a certain mindset. But Paul says here, but be transformed in verse two by the renewing of your mind. He says that you, why though? He says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what it's all about. What's the will of God? Do you care more about what's the will of God your, your own will being done or God's will being done. When you come to God, when you come to faith in God through Jesus Christ, right? You're surrendering, you're saying, make me new, transform me, renew me in the spirit of my mind, right? But that's where the transformation takes place it's, it's in the mind, right? Again, it's because've been it's, we've been so programmed by this world and that's the natural thing for us to do. But the Bible also says that the natural man can' understand the things of the spirit because he's carnally minded and Paul encourages us in his writings to be spiritually minded people. To be spiritually minded just thinks we're going to, or just means that we're going to be led by the Spirit of the Lord. And we're gonna transform our thoughts. And the place that we renew our minds is here like we're doing tonight by reading the word of God and studying the word of God, right? So there is a transformation, again, that needs to take place. Our minds need to be transformed and renewed. And it's a constant process that's going on. We need to constantly be growing in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. You know, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. And even the Apostle Paul, when he was ready to go to his death, he said, I have not arrived. He admitted that he had not arrived. You know, why? Well, because we're talking about the knowledge of God here. We're talking about the awesome and mighty creator. Okay, we can never attain to that. But we can have the mind of Christ when we fix our eyes on the Lord and we're willing to repent and we're willing to just turn. Often that word repentance has gotten such a bad rap because you see people screaming it on the corner or things like that, right? But it just means to turn, just to change. And look how the Apostle Paul is going about this in his writing here. Hey, look, guys, I'm pleading with you. Do this. I'm being gentle and meek, the gentle and meekness that the Lord had. That's how I'm coming to you, right? And again, the apostle Paul knew that there were certain people he had to deal with in different ways, right? But when we're renewed or when we're transformed in our minds, it's what the Bible calls being born again, born again of the spirit. It's out with the old and in with the new. If anyone is in Christ they are a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new, the scripture tells us, right? Then in verse three here, uh, it says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. If you're here tonight and you're listening to me and you're taking the time to be here with us, you have a measure of faith, right? But it's often our biggest problem to be so self-centered, so self-focused, right? Thinking so highly of ourselves that our thoughts are always on us, right? Looking at the outward and making sure that, again, that we get the upper hand or that we get the the revenge, that pound of flesh, you know, that we get something off of our chest, like I said earlier. But this is not the mind of Christ. This is not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us to be sober, to be humble, okay? And he wants us to walk by faith, and we all have a certain measure of faith that God has given to us. The question is: is will we commit, will we present our bodies as living sacrifices to God? Right? Will we? allow ourselves to, to take on the mind of Christ and to repent and to change and to become that person that, that has allowed our thoughts to be transformed, that has allowed our mind. And you know, I can't speak into everyone's life about what strongholds there may be in your life, but everybody has them, right? Again, it's just something that gets ingrained in you somewhere along the way. And it, and it, it determines your behavior, And you become known for that behavior. Maybe not to the outward world, but you yourself know, oh man, every time this happens, I do this. Every time this, that. The knee-jerk reaction or whatever it may be, right? But the Lord wants to work that deeply within us. He wants to work within our souls because he wants us to be people of peace, people of love and kindness and joy and gentleness and meekness and self-control. These are all the things I'm naming right now. You may recognize from the book of Galatians are the fruit of the spirit, right? Second Peter 1, 3 says that the Lord God by his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus. So again, we got to, through the knowledge of Jesus, so we have the mind of Christ and we begin to act like Christ, Right? in our behavior, and the way we do things, we become in a sense, little Christ, which is what Christians means, right? That's what we are, right? So we all need to have control of our lives in a godly manner. And, and it, it begins right here. It begins up in our minds, in our souls, if you will. It begins in our thoughts, our innermost beings. So, and that's why the Apostle Paul says, take these thoughts captive. To what? What what am what am I supposed to start thinking on? Well, let me become obedient to Christ, to the obedience of Christ, right? So, once again, we see tonight that the Bible is very practical, something that it's life applicational right and its its teachings that we can learn from and glean from i'm just spending a short time here giving you a handful of verses right but you see not only does our outward behavior matter to god again that we present our bodies as a living sacrifice but our inward thoughts are of the greatest concern to the lord our god that we have the mind of christ So through the years of our lives, again, like I've said a couple times here, we pick up many different opinions, many different belief systems, but what we have to ask is, are these, is the way I think, is it contrary to the way of God? Well, how would you know? Well, the way that you would know is by reading the word of God and finding out what is it how does God, how, how did Christ behave? How is the apostle Paul here in his letters teaching us that we should be behave? Remember, he was sent directly by Jesus. That's what an apostle is, sent directly by the Lord, right? And as we read the word of God, we see what he wants, right? And, and, what, you know, that, and that he will give us the things that we need if we're willing to follow him. You see, many people, many religious people try to bring their moral behavior into being in line, but their minds are not agreeable with God. And the Bible presents the idea of having our minds transformed, again, to where we have the mind of Christ. And you often hear me talk about that. Hey, what's going on in you? Any of us can put on a good front. Any of us can give a good picture on the outside and many times you can go to church and you can put up a good front right there, but you got things going on within you and, and that's where God wants to deal with you. Like we read back in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that we have weapons to fight against us, but they're not carnal weapons. It's not like cutting words that we spit out at people. It's not carnal weapons, right? But the weapons that we have to fight against this type of battle, this stronghold that is within us is the Bible itself, prayer, fellowshipping around other believers, kind of getting and doing like you're doing right now where you're getting into the word of God with someone else. But it's important that we fellowship with other believers. And of course, Changing our minds, right, to begin the process is is that repentance and turning and, and saying, I'm going to walk in obedience to God here. So, have you done these things? Are you currently in the process of doing these things? Right? You can make this decision to do so right now. You've seen it in the word of God. You've heard it. Begin the process, right? But it starts with faith. And Jesus is the author and the finish of our faith. It begins with him. It ends with him. It's all about him. All right, let me go ahead um, and read the comments here. Isaac says, when Paul says, takes every thought captive, is this reasoning stemming from some behaviorism to follow Christ? I contemplate back and forth between my actions as determining my walk or what I think. Okay. I think I understand what you're saying. Let me read the question again. When Paul says, take every thought captive, is this reasoning stemming from some behaviorism to follow Christ? I contemplate back and forth between my actions as determining my walk. Or what I think. Well, I kind of lean to it starts with what we think. Okay, again, Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes, we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice to the Lord, holy and unblameable, as we read earlier, right? But, you know, Jesus, when he confronted the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he talked to them like, you know, you're all clean on the outside. You look good on the outside, but inside you're full of dead man's bones, you know? So what's more important? What's more important is Christ in us and having the mind of Christ. And that then, you know, affects our behavior. That will affect our behavior. It will begin to change us. You know, you know people will begin to say, I see something different about you. You know, over time. Because why? Not because they're really seeing you, they're seeing Christ in you. They're seeing the behavior of Christ coming out of you because you're meek and you're gentle and you're lowly. You don't think too highly of yourself. You're humble, right? Because that's where God calls us to be, right? And again, this is something that we all, and you're a very young man, Isaac, and it's something that we all grow in we're growing. It's under construction. We all could wear a shirt that says that about our lives, right? We're constantly growing. But the more and more that we fix our eyes on Jesus, right, and we take on the mind of Christ and we allow ourselves, again, to deal with what's those strongholds that are going on within us, the battle of the mind, it then will in turn affect our outward behavior. So, Hopefully I understood your question correctly there and answered it well enough for you. Isaac, thank you for submitting that question. And again, if, if any of you have any questions, you know, please do email me, Dave at aloveoutreach.com. I don't claim to be the, the answer, man, but I will pray for you and I will help you the best that I can um, if you need that help. Just wanna let you know that I'm here, right? But, We can call out to God. We can submit to him. He's as close as your breath, right? You just call out to him. And again, you're just simply making a decision to say, I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn. I'm going to just be renewed in the spirit of my mind. Again, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We can do this. And those things are the word of God, the spirit of the Lord working within us, spending time in prayer, you know, and I really encourage you if you sit down to take a devotional time, maybe in the morning, maybe in the evening, whenever you can to read the scriptures. And again, like I said, if you're new to the Bible, stay, stay within the new Testament for a while. I mean, the whole Bible is great. Genesis to revelation, but you know, I would really encourage you to 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 get a good grasp on the New Testament and the things that the Lord wants you to know, you know, in regards to what is written there. So again, fellowshipping with other believers when you're when you are, I started to say when you do your devotional, that is, you're taking your time to read the Bible. Use that as a time of prayer as well, you know, and and you'll be, you'll begin to see that. These, this is where the mighty weapons start to take effect because you, you begin to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and you get transformed. And that's what the, I'm telling you again. That's what the Lord cares about. What's going on within you. So Isaac says, yeah, definitely clears that up. Thank you. You're welcome, Isaac. And again, uh, you know, and before I had to shut down the last broadcast, I don't know if you saw, but Isaac mentioned that his family is moving from one city to another within Oregon and just asked for prayer about that. So something maybe we can all keep in prayer. You know how moving can be, gets hectic, but um, don't see any other comments or anything coming through. So we'll go ahead and begin to wrap this up, been on for about 43 minutes here. So hopefully this stream was much better. I know, like I said, some of the other folks that uh, didn't have the patience to hang in there with me. So, (laughs) but I understand. So God bless everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, whichever the case may be. And yeah, I will go ahead and just close this out in prayer. And then I'll check one more time to see if any other comments come through. So but let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you for this good day. God, again, this is the day that you have made as the scripture says, we can rejoice and be glad in it. You know, and truth be told, Lord, we can also be miserable in a day. We can also be angry in a day, Lord, but you call us to fix our eyes on you as the author and the finisher of our faith. And you encourage us and you tell us even as we see in your word here tonight that we can have the mind of Christ, that we can take captive those thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, you know, and exalt themselves against the will of the Lord being done in our lives, Lord. So we pray that by your spirit, Lord, you will have your way within us. I pray for everyone watching live right now or whoever may come upon this, you know, teaching on either an audio or video format at a later date, Lord, I pray that all of us will grow in the grace and in the knowledge of you, that we would grow to be people that care about the things that you care about, Lord, that we would be your hands and feet here on this earth, Lord, but the transformation has to begin within us, Lord so we acknowledge you in that lord and i do just lift up the chapel family in oregon as they prepare to move from one city to another city lord i pray that i pray that there'll be peace lord because often you know that's something right there that can you know cause stress lord packing and moving and doing all of that lord so i just pray for each one of the family members as a whole lord that you would just bless them Lord, and give them a peace that surpasses understanding that this move would go well for them, Lord, and that, Lord, that you would use them in the new neighborhood that they end up in, Lord, that they would be able to be a witness to others around them there, Lord. So, Lord, again, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love, and we thank you for this time together, Lord, and I thank you for this ability to get on and do this though. There's hiccups and stumbles Lord with technology, but Lord, I just pray that, you know, this will carry out Lord into all the world and that people will turn their attention to you. So we thank you and praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Becky says, good night to you and Penny. Penny says, good night. God bless you guys. And, um, We'll see you next time and we'll see what the Lord's will is as far as next Wednesday, hopefully weekend. I've been encouraged and implored by some people to try to do this every Wednesday night. So um, I'm going to try, but uh, we'll see you next time. God bless.